it's going to be a wild ride. So buckle yourselves in. Welcome to Stramash, the Scottish NFL podcast. This is episode 222, and we are wrapping up the season with our end of season team of the year award podcast episode. We have come out to you. We've asked you for your thoughts. We're going to get our listener views. We're going to share ours. We are going to pick a Stramash team, team of the year that we will collectively come together and agree on. Good luck achieving that. And then based on the numbers purely of all the people that have nominated, we will pull together our team of the year on the back of that. Then we'll be giving away three bottles of whiskey. We've also got another amazing prize as we've got a new partner on board. If you're in Glasgow, stay tuned. We've got something that is absolutely worth winning to do this though with me tonight i am joined by jamie borthwick by charles patterson by gordon mcginnis good evening gentlemen good evening good evening good evening so let's get into it and we'll kick off first of all with some breaking news because there's been a lot happened in the few days since we last caught up and did our review of the championship sundays sundays there was only one sunday um There was maybe only one Sunday, but there's been two <laughs> retirements for Tom Brady because he's bloody done it again. Um, off-season Brady last year, fluffed it, quit it, came back. This season, fluffed it, he's quit it. Is he coming back again? Or well, is this it? He just did a video on a beach. He clearly yeah. just got up and he got up and clearly thought, oh, can't be bothered with this. I'm just going to do a video on a beach rather than getting my PR team who are incapable of doing it properly to get involved, so... I'm I, just I, immediately when this melancholy playlist, and at the yeah. time, he was like, no, you know what? I'm recording a video. This I'm, is it. I'm slightly concerned that he did it on a beach, and then we don't actually know what happened to him after he recorded the video, whether he maybe just walked into the ocean and never returned. But Touchwood, he's, he's he's sitting in his uh, pad quite happy that he's no longer a player. But as you, I, I, I immediately fired a, a message out on our WhatsApp going, When does he unretire again? I don't so, think he does. I don't no. think he will this time. No, I, like it felt. It felt emotional. Yeah. What I think is quite interesting, though, is so last season, did he come back? Like all the jokes about he did like eight days of at home dad life and was like, fuck this. This isn't for me. I think there's two realistic reasons why he came back last year. One was he got, you know, he had more time to think about it and he thought, nah, like I've still got, because he was good last year. Um, so he thought, like, I've still got more in me. I want to come back. And this year, I think he maybe realizes that his level has dropped off a little bit. I, I mean, he was still probably one of the 10 best quarterbacks in the NFL last year. But, or is the reason why he came back last year because Adam Schefter broke the story before he did. And he was like, no, I'm not going out with Adam Schefter breaking the story for me. So he came back for that. And that's why he just did it. Um, and a simple thing. Same emotion I had last year, though. Like, the, most accomplished, probably greatest quarterback that I've seen in my lifetime watching the sport. Um, and, you know, as much as he's a pain in the arse, very, very good player. And he's obviously got this um, Fox broadcasting deal now, which he can waltz into. And it's going to be going to be quite interesting to see. don't think he will, but I mean, he might end up on their coverage maybe in I, I think he's time. supposed to. Right, not yeah. so not not for the Super Bowl, but he is mm. supposed to effectively 
bump Greg Olson immediately, which is going to be quite awkward because Greg Olson's ever- good. Yeah, everyone likes Olson. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you ca- you can't just synchronize chemistry with Kevin Burkhart, but we'll see. But I I don't know. It's one of those whereby it doesn't. It feels a bit underwhelming because he's tried to retire before. So I don't know. I think he would have been more missed and there would have been much more made about it if he'd stayed retired last year. Whereas this year he's kind of, he's not really going out on a high. He's going out on a, your season was rubbish moment. And then it's like, you know what, I need to leave because actually it could get really bad if I stay another year. <laughs> I don't think so. it can be summed up any better than the, the Patriots quote tweeting their own retirement tweet from last year. And going, oh, he's, he's definitely done it this time. Here's what we said last year. <laughs> yeah. Why redo the content? The sentiment's the same. I, I tell you what, though, you know, he, he goes away into a massive, what's it, 375 million 10 year deal with Fox. He's getting more than double the money he was earning for the Buccaneers last year by retiring and going into the booth. There's not, I can't think there'll be many people have a situation like that where you actually earn double the money that you're earning by quitting football and going to talk about it instead. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's like the... I, I, I think that, that was the McVeigh discussion last year. Obviously, the numbers at the line would be quite the same, but McVeigh could have probably made three times what he was making as a head coach to go and be a media guy. And it would really wouldn't surprise me if he did that in the next couple of years. Yes, and, from, and then we uh, we talk about a guy who has been in the media for a year, but clearly wasn't hugely comfortable with doing it, and rather would be coaching. And then you've got Sean Payton. So oh, a tremendous segue! That was a segue. You can there tell we, you've worked in media. You can tell that I've been clearly thinking about all these news lines that we needed to talk about tonight. So uh, he's off to Denver, and um, although that's not without his own controversy, I'm, I I don't. I've read a lot of the reporting about. Um, Peyton going to Denver here and Paul it's a shame Paul's not on tonight because he would be able to comment on whether it's good value for what the Saints have got from him but the fact that Denver appeared to be trying to get D'Amico Ryans at the last minute before they took Sean Payton strikes me as that this new ownership in Denver have not got a clue how to run a business of sport <laughs> I'm just throwing that out there it's a bit it, it does seem a bit strange also so I'm kind of in two minds about for if if I'm Paul and I'm a Saints fan, I'm delighted at the value because you're getting a first round pick and then some extra for a guy who retired because he didn't want to coach anymore. Like that's a huge win for the Saints as a team. They didn't have Sean Payton as their head coach last year. So they're not losing anything from last year or this year, and they're gaining a first round pick. But if you're the Broncos, is the right time to be spending a first round pick and then a little bit more to go get a head coach like right in the heyday of Patrick Mahomes career like I know it's tough for NFL teams to kind of accept that it's going to be difficult for them but like there's every chance that the Broncos are spending a lot to still finish third in that division next year this is what I mean by the decision making though because they were aggressive to go and get Russell Wilson. Now, they believe that Russell Wilson still had plenty in the tank. That is very much up in the air, but they've been aggressive again. And that strikes me as not rational thinking other than 
the fact that we need to show that we're making, we're flexing our muscles and we're making positive moves. There's all very, it's all very well making positive moves and trying to appease your fan base, but there's sensible moves as well. And it's not just Patrick Mahomes is, who's in that division. You've got um, Justin Herbert and the Chargers who are not that bad either. So uh, what do you do? I mean, surely you would, you would imagine, we've talked about on, the, on this podcast before about how good coaching lifts average teams. And bad coaching and bad decision making can make good teams worse. On paper, that is an extremely good coach and a, a quarterback that's won a Super Bowl and been to another Super Bowl. So, on paper, it should work. But there's, you know, there are no question marks, viable ones about the quarterback. And Sean Payton's been out for a year. Is he just going to suddenly work magic? That's a completely new debate that has to be had as well. Was Payton even? all that great of a coach. Like, yes. uh, he wasn't bad, yes. and he was a good coach. No, so was he phenomenal? Cameron, that's... Was he phenomenal? Yes. What, one Super Bowl, and, look at, and look, dominated look a shit division. Look at the Saints last year. Right. Compare them with when uh, he was there. Like, he got... He probably got an extra three years out of Drew Brees' career. Made really good in-game decisions. A really good offensive coach, yes. Absolutely. I I think there was a, a thing I saw that um, someone worked out a, a way, a not, not absolutely guaranteed to be correct, but ranking the value that coaches added. And over like a four or five year period, something like that, I think Peyton was like top five in the value he added to the Saints based on whatever things he did, stuff like that. Um, it's a lot of money to pay though, Gordon. Huge amount. I, I I wouldn't give up the pick. I don't really. Thing is, it's the are they not um the the Waltons? Who, who are the family that own the Broncos now? They're a very very rich family. Whoever yeah. they are. So the money probably doesn't matter. It's the first round pick that I'm like I'm not giving that up. Also, Why? Sorry. I, I think the Saints have made a mistake in what they've taken. So apparently there was two deals on offer: it's first round pick this year, or first round pick next year. The first round pick this year is like 29th, something like that. The odds that the Broncos pick later than 29th, that's <laughs> not great. No. <laughs> no, they need help right now, though, don't they? That's the thing. No, but, but I know, but the 29th pick is, in fact, yeah, it's what you're getting. Nothing great. Um, fine, I can first see the argument. Pick. I can see the argument. I can see the argument. Um, it's, I guess it's a really interesting one. And again, for my understanding, and I don't know the answer to this, so I'm going to assume that people listening to this may not understand this. Why is it that a head coach comes down to no a negotiation for a contract, whereas a uh, other coach, an offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, is a predetermined amount of picks? It's not predetermined. It's like it's only that's for. Um... But you don't negotiate. So D- D- D'Amico Ryan's going yeah. to the Texans could, isn't because, a negotiation. Uh, no, because it's a promotion. So Fine. it's it's basically to prevent the NFL. It's not. You're right though. That is a bit of a strange system. Not necessarily for head coaches. The fact that you have to trade for a head coach as long as they're under contract, obviously, is um is one part of it. Someone going from offensive coordinator to head coach, or defense coordinator to head coach, is just a promotion. So the NFL doesn't want teams to block it, but they do allow teams to block quarterback coaches going to offensive coordinator. Fine. Although it's although it's seen as bad form unless you've lost like eight coaches. 
Like the yeah. 49ers are probably going to hemorrhage coaches at this point in time. Yes, again. Um, but this is it. Like, I mean, there's a there's a whole other question here that says, is, is it a promotion for D'Amico Ryans? I mean, that's questionable in itself. It's a, like, it's a six. It's a six. It's a six year deal. Like, yeah, okay. It's a lot of money, but is that a promotion? No, no, no. Let, let, listen, <laughs> go go and go and look at Matt Rule's bank account as the failed head coach of the Carolina Panthers, <laughs> and, tell, and tell me if it doesn't work out for you being a fired NFL head coach on a long term contract. D'Amico Ryans gonna, is fine. Yeah, he's gonna be fine, and he'll he get you'll get a little bit of a, an opportunity because you remember he's a bit of a god down there. Yes, he is. So he'll I, he'll get far more rope. I wish him and I wish him all the best. Yeah. I wish him all the best. Yes, really he'll, he'll hopefully get to pick a new quarterback. And you mentioned um, Carolina. Frank Rice going to Carolina, of course, as the new head coach there. Yeah, bearing in mind how it ended in Indianapolis, I'm kind of questioning that decision too. But we can talk about all that in the off season. All these yes. poor head coaches who've taken jobs that are absolutely tainted. <laughs> Before we get into team of the year, then any other news items that we want to cover on the on the Frank Reich thing, though, just to touch on, not sure how successful it'll be after how it ended in Indianapolis. I would probably look at the way the coaching search is going in Indianapolis right now, and suggest that you can probably give him a bit of a break for anything that didn't work out there. Good coach in Philadelphia. was pretty good for a couple of seasons with the Colts. Pro- probably wasn't at fault for what was wrong there. And they're apparently going to have like a 12-hour interview with Jeff Saturday or have had a 12-hour interview with Jeff Saturday. 12 after. hours? How could you maybe, have a 12-hour interview? Maybe they're just going to watch all the games he coached. Game in 40. <laughs> on game while he sits there. And watches them watch it. Oh, for God's sake. Yeah. Common sense is out the window. Yeah. Out the window. Um, We will... uh, There's lots of news items that we will talk about. We will talk about the Brady retirement in more detail. I think we need to. Do we need to? One one for the off-season. I think Uh, we absolutely should. Make sure I'm not on that podcast. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) We, We can skip that one. We can skip that one. Um... So, on to team of the year. So, what we did for most of the podcasts during the season is we had team of the week. We didn't do it every single week. Sometimes there was other things to talk about the meant that it got parked. But we're going to come around at the end here and wrap it up and collectively pick the Stramash team of the year, where we will put a nice little graphic. We'll tag those players because some of them may not have made the Pro Bowl. So, at least they get to find out that they made the Stramash team of the year um we will talk through the positions which are one quarterback of course we have a pick an offensive line we will pick three wide receivers a tight end and a running back we are doing offensive side of the ball only um we will then share what our listeners voted for in all of those positions now obviously the three wide receivers we will pick the three receivers that had the most votes uh, and that will be done purely numerically and let's see how much it is the same as errors or if it's different. Another thing that we want to add here is this does not need to be solely about stat leaders. Stat leaders is significant and important, but this should also consider how much you enjoyed seeing the player play, how much you saw that they upped their game, how much there was a bit of razzle-dazzle in what they did. How did they turn the eye? Um, We will go through the positions. We will do it in a slightly different order than we normally do because we normally start at quarterback, but I think we will come back to that and we will fill that in based on the rest of the pieces we've put in place. And we're going to start with the offensive line. So, gentlemen, make your pitches for our offensive line of the year. 
Is it an entire offensive line? Yes, one line. Yes. We're not doing each individual player. This this uh, podcast yeah, we, we'll be here all night. Otherwise, yeah. 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 Philadelphia. I, can you imagine the names I'm going to mispronounce if we have to go through the offensive line on a one by one basis? Let, let's get you to pronounce the Philadelphia Eagles offensive line. I don't want to. I don't want to. I think the Eagles offensive line was pretty special um, this year. If you look across the line uh, with Lane Johnson at right tackle, um, has a case to be the best pass blocker in the NFL this season, probably right up there with um, Trent Williams of the 49ers. You've got um, Jordan Mylata on the other side. He's the guy who came from Australia a few years ago um, and like has grown into one of the best tackles in the NFL. Jason Kelsey in the middle. I don't think they really had a bad offensive lineman um, this year. Both guards I thought were pretty good. Like You always look at an offensive line, you wonder where the weak link is. I don't think the Eagles have one. I'm going to chuck into the mix because I'm sure most people have voted for Philadelphia. I'm going to throw Detroit in there because Detroit have been hopeless for years on a number of different levels. And I don't think anyone predicted that Jared Goff would be in the top five in passing and quarterback rating. And a lot of that's to do with his offensive line. And I think Jamal Williams led the league in rushing touchdowns. It's A lot of it's to do with that foundational piece which is your line, and they've obviously drafted quite well. They've, um, I just think that they're the, they were one of the surprises of the season. So, and they're not going to be mentioned in any other context. So, let's get them involved. I, yeah. I think there's it, some the answer to Eagles, isn't it? But if Detroit are getting a mention, then I think maybe Cleveland should as well because they got they got great running game going, and um, uh, yeah, they, and 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 they kept them. Basically kept them in the in the hunt all the way through, but um, they're not the answer to the question, which is what's our old line of the year. Yeah, the other one that I'll chuck into the mix, and I think maybe Gordon will be reluctant to do it because he would be deemed a homer. But I think the Ravens' offensive line did some good stuff this year. Again, I think the the right answer is the Eagles, but notable mention is the the Ravens who leaned heavily on that run game. And I think the fact that they were still at times competitive with Huntley was down to the offensive line. Um, what, what do you mean? That sounds as if you don't rate Tyler Huntley, who is a Pro Bowl quarterback. I don't. So it's funny. We talked last week about how the AFC have snapped up all the young quarterbacks and then they send Tyler Huntley to the Pro Bowl. So, you know, I think that was exactly to slam it down your throat um, and, and prove you wrong, which I think they did deliciously. So, Huntley, Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl quarterback, that's the... <laughs> that will be forever on his Wikipedia page. Yeah. Do you know what? Like, it, it's good for him, though. I'm not I'm not going to go into that because I was just making a stupid comment, but good for him. Like, I love seeing yeah. especially because this Pro Bowl is just going to be the highly entertaining and daft and I won't watch a second of it. But look, the Ravens offensive line, I think was solid. I, I kind of, I think there's always, not always, but I think there's a little bit of a caveat with the Greg Roman offense, like there is with the Shanahan offense in that it does put offensive linemen in a pretty good place to succeed. But the Ravens offensive line was good. Jamie's point though, it's the Eagles. The, the Eagles it, just didn't have any, any kind of holes in that line at all this year. Yeah. Okay, I think it's a fairly easy one, and I think we can probably move on pretty swiftly from there. Uh, next up, let's pick 
our tight end because it is an extension of the old line. Tight end is a player that you want to be able to block as well as receive. A player that's going to contribute to the run game a we, uh, because of the this? blocking. Can we shorten this and just give it to Travis Kelsey? Yeah. <clears throat> also, also in twenty twenty three, I don't. No one blocks here. I don't. Well, no, I mean there, there's good sometimes blocks. they block, but yeah. we know who it is. Like. <laughs> I don't. I don't really care if a guy, if a, if a tight end's a good blocker. In in this and, sense, like Travis Kelsey. You were. I know you were in the flow there. You were really in the flow there, Cameron, and it sounded good. And you'd obviously written out a script, but just give it to Travis Kelsey. <laughs> I did write a script. I never script any of this, um, <laughs> and that shows. Let's be honest. <laughs> 15, 15 touchdowns for Travis Kelsey. Caveat there is that includes the playoffs, so it doesn't count as fifteen touchdowns for the season, obviously, because. <laughs> Touchdowns are actually only covered. Are you listening, Dante Hall? Yes. <laughs> oh, sorry, bad word, bad phrase. Yeah, he does lead in yards. He does lead in touchdowns. All time. That's I, I, all time. It's, this is Travis Kelsey record. This isn't about all time. This is about a single season. So no, that's, yeah. his, that's his record-setting season. So there's no way that he can't be it. Oh, I know right, you okay, might, It's a single. You, season I know you might want to get okay, Kittle fine. in the mix. Kittle's had quite a good year, but. He had a good second half to the season. I think Kittle did good. Hawkinson Um, had a good second half of the season as well. I think Dallas Goder, if he'd been fit all the way through, would have contributed a lot more to that team. Hawkinson did have, and it'll be really interesting to see how he grows in that Vikings team. I still feel like, how did he not thrive more in in the Lions? But still, it is what it is. Okay, Travis Kelsey, done dusted. Uh, Wide receivers, of which we will pick three. So... Uh, this could take a while. This, I think, it could take longer. Um, if we're looking at the 2022 season, let's let's touch on the stat leaders. So, the player with the most touchdowns this season, without looking, anybody got a prediction? I'm literally looking at the stats. Yeah, so don't look. <laughs> I am going to go on my vibe of watching games. Um, I think you have to put Jefferson in there as as one of them. Well, no, that's that's not the question I asked you. I know, I'm, I'm ignoring the question and I'm just talking about the answer. Not no, the who scored the most touchdowns? Oh, who scored the most touchdowns? As a wide touch- receiver. I wasn't listening. I was too busy looking. I was just too busy looking at the tweet that you just put out on the official account. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which we'll be talking about later. Um, yes. Who scored the most touchdowns? Uh, bah, 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 bah. Um, AJ Brown. Okay, Jamie. I, I also looked up the stats. I thought it was either Brown or Diggs when I was looking at this earlier on, but it's neither of them. It's neither. Oh, bugger. It is Devontae <laughs> Adams with 14 touchdowns, um, which is funny because he had a real wobble right in the middle of the season there. Um, I think, incidentally, Kettle deserves some credit. 11 touchdowns, like the fifth most in the touch in the NFL last season. You Kittle. know, that's a lot of touchdowns for Kill. Yeah. Is, is he a wide receiver? No, and to, but come well, back to the Kelsey. We've done your position. We've done Kill. Come on. Let's move right. this on. So Can obviously if we're then looking at yards leaders, Justin Jefferson, of course, out in front, Tyree Kill second, Devontae Adams third. So Devontae Adams third on yards, first on touchdowns. Does Devontae Adams go into this immediately on the stat leaders or is there other players there that deserve more? Did Devontae uh, Adams do enough? The way I look at all these positions, I think you've got to look at it, and you can stats are fine um, it, on a certain level, but I think you've got to look at it sometimes from the point of view of the value to their to their team individually. And we talk about MVP, and I think the MVP award in, in itself is is obviously flawed 
greatly at times. If you look at Je- Justin Jefferson, for example, if you take him out of the Minnesota Vikings offense, um, they are essentially redundant and null and void, frankly. He, he completely changes the context of that team on an, in an offensive way. And I said, I, I joke that they were fraudulent. They would have been even more fraudulent if Justin Jefferson didn't exist. So he has, for me, got to be in there. I, I then look at other guys like uh, Adams raised a bad team to become less bad, but he didn't get them over the hump. So I think you've got to question his value there. I mean, he certainly made a difference, but they were just full of flaws. I, I don't think he was able to cover for those flaws. So I think there's there's two players that I really don't think there should be any debate over, um, and that's Justin Jefferson and Tyreek Hill. Mm. Like e- each of them had Tyreek Hill was almost 200 yards more than Devontae Adams in third. Jefferson's almost 300 yards in front. Like just significantly more productive than any other wide receiver in the NFL. The thing about think- Hill, though, is he was in he was in a, he was operating in a, a kind of unique tandem. And I think Hill allowed Jalen Waddle to be terrific. And I think Jalen Waddle's presence allowed Hill to do perhaps even better than he would have otherwise done in Miami this year. Yeah, I mean, it's true. Like, Jalen Waddle, fine. He was about, what, 350 yards less than Tyreek Hill. But Waddle had 45 less uh, receptions. Mm. Um, the only thing that you could argue to that is that fine. What is it? Fifty-three less targets. Um, Waddle's output, given the number of times he was targeted, percentage-wise, was probably better. Um, but I think Waddle's more of a red zone threat than Tyreek Hill is. Tyreek Hill is going to stretch the field. Um, also, if you take that game uh, against Baltimore out of the equation, all of these stats are in half. You know, literally 50% of Tyreek Hill's yards came in that one game, I'm pretty certain. So, um, <laughs> um, it's all uh, just part of the script. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't talk about that at the top. We should probably add that context. If you go and find the tweet from... If you haven't seen it, if you haven't seen it, it's amazing, but still. I think, I think it's PFT. Yeah, PFT commenter. It's from the Barstool Sports Macro Dosing podcast that they do with Arian Foster. The fact that it's called macro dosing should give you an insight into the fact that what Arian Foster actually says probably isn't worth considering much, but the quote <laughs> tweets on the tweet are incredible. And most of them are not safe for discussion on this podcast. No, but even um the it's the amount of NFL players that have engaged with quote tweets that is fantastic as well. They've all seen this and gone, oh, well, I you know, particularly enjoyed the ones where uh, it's Tom Brady when Matt Ryan walks into the um, <laughs> into the room after reading the script and he's just looking all smug. Ah, it's brilliant. Yeah, go look at it. It's hours of content. Um, okay, receiver still then. So I, I feel like there is... I, I, I an think, obvious list of five that you're pulling it from. Is there anybody I, I think an, outside? Do we put a rookie nine. into this? I think, think there's about eight or nine in there. I don't think. I, I think at the start of the season, Alavi at, at certain points was was in the mix to do extremely well. I think there was certain points in the towards the back end of the year you could say that Christian Watson could have been mentioned, but no, nah, there's not a rookie. That, AJ Brown. All right. How did you talk about two rookies and not even mention the best one of them? I can't remember. Garrett Wilson was the best Garrett, rookie wide receiver by a 
Yeah, but again, not, not by not by a considerable margin. Not that, but not that. He yeah, plays not, for the Jets. He was having Zach Wilson throw to him. Like Olave no, had Winston and Dalton. Joe Flacco as well. So exactly. there was a whole there was a whole bunch of uh, revolver. I think he was very very good, Gary Wilson. He took a bit of time to get going. I I think there's two two guys in particular. I think we should talk about, and both of them end in Brown. AJ Brown has he is the fundamental final piece in the jigsaw for Philadelphia. That trade was absolutely perfect on the nose, on the money. And you look at what the Titans are now, which is essentially um, a crap franchise. They had a superstar and they gave him away for a mid first round pick. I'm fair enough. They couldn't do anything about it, but he has completely changed the outlook in terms of that offense, which was building and it's now top drawer. So I think AJ Brown has got to be in there. And the other one is Amara St. Brown because of just the way in which he's he's only in his year his second year and he is now I would say top five top six receiver in the league because he's utterly reliable and that, he has again that transformed Lions, that transformed that team in week 18 that ended the Packers season has <clears throat> rattled you to the point that you're now you've turned them into this absolute force where their offensive line's the best in the league their wide no, receivers one just of the talking about an individual that can I like to see growth in individuals and I have Giddy with excitement to get was, to was on my was on my kind of long list because of impact because mm. he, he was a, a guy that was making such a difference for them. Difference makers. He's on my short list though. I'm giddy with excitement to talk about how great Jamal Williams was and that he's the greatest running back. Charles, hold on to it though. <laughs> we'll get to that. Um, it's from two yards out. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> does <but. laughs> does AJ Brown lose any kudos because he fumbled the ball twice this season? Which, if you look at the big long list of players at the top of the uh, performance charts, he's the only one to have done so. To be fair, he's in decent company. Jamar Chase has dropped it twice, and actually, we've not even talked about Jamar Chase, who had not a bad season by any stretch of the imagination. Nine touchdowns, over a thousand yards. Um, Here's one for you. This is again. I'm thinking outside the box here. T Higgins. T, T yeah, T Higgins. But again, he's part of a combo. So at various points in time, he's going to be single coverage. Um, Christian Kirk. Again, nobody thought about him at the start of the year. Everyone went, "Oh, they've overpaid for him in Jacksonville." They were. They finished bottom of the division. <laughs> they did overpay for him in Jacksonville. He's not one of the top three receivers. In the I'm NFL. not saying he's one of the top three <laughs> receivers. I'm Come talking. A, I'm having discussion. I'm having a debate and a discussion. <laughs> this is a guy that off that, that team was was crap. They suddenly that you know he changes. It's uh, we're going to talk about Etienne later on. I'll mention Etienne as well. The whole con and we could talk about Lawrence. The context of a team in how they have completely transformed how they are viewed and how they play. In certain individuals in key spots who are perhaps overlooked, I think Christian Kirk's probably the best slot receiver in the league this year. Anyway, are we having a slot or are we having three wides? Are you, we can we can choose as we wish. We Je- Jefferson we wish. Jefferson plays in the slot or like is more than capable of playing in the slot. I don't think he did. Hell can play in the slot, can he not? So they can Devon Adams. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we a good wide receiver can play anywhere. Along that line. What I'll say for AJ Brown is while the Eagles were already very good, I think AJ Brown and Tyreek Hill probably changed their respective offenses the most this year. Mm. Um like AJ Brown I, I don't think Devontae Smith is good enough to have been a huge impact player on his own. I think he's a very good, like borderline number one, but definitely good number two wide receiver. But 
AJ Brown takes all that attention. He allows Jalen Hurts to throw the ball differently, changes the way they can approach coverages and all that stuff. Um, and Tyreek Hill, Ty- Tyreek Hill's unlike probably any player in the NFL since Randy Moss. And just to be clear, I'm not saying he's as good as Randy Moss was, but the game-breaking speed he has, what it does to the um, secondary of your defense, like what you have to do coverage-wise, safety-wise, and all that stuff, I, I think we haven't seen since Randy Moss was in the league. Names that haven't come up here, Stephon Diggs, C.D. Mm-hmm. Lamb, Devonta Smith, Terry McLaurin, Amari Cooper ended up having a half-decent season, made some big catches, Mike Evans, but only in the last game, <laughs> pretty much. Um no. no. <laughs> so we'll discount Mike Evans pretty much. Uh, DK Metcalf, the fastest man in the NFL. Uh, do you know what the problem is? He didn't run down uh, a cornerback that's half his size this year. So that's where he's lost out. Um, that's just such a thing you've rattled. <laughs> totally. Um, it's in your so head. I, like, is it? It feels like it's down to four. It feels like it's Jefferson Hill, Adams, and Brown. Which of the which three of those four are we taking? I feel like I know I said at the top I think about you put stat the, leaders. The, the I three, don't know how you describe Devontae Adams. The three got to the playoffs. There you go. I, I I don't know that we can just discount Devontae Adams like that. He led in touchdowns. He's the third highest receiving yards. And here's the thing: he did it in a team where he was getting double covered most of the time. AJ Brown wasn't because of all the other talent that's in that team. You can't think, double cover AJ Brown because of the run game that Jalen Hurts has. AJ Brown benefited from being as open as he was because of Jalen Hurts, because of Devonta Smith, because of Dallas Goddard. AJ Brown benefited because he didn't draw double coverage as much as some of these other guys. AJ Brown is class and would have done great even if he was double covered, but he wasn't. For me, Devonta Adams goes above AJ Brown. I go Jefferson Hill Brown. Uh, it, shut up, Jefferson Hill Adams. It was Jefferson uh, Hill it, Brown. Jefferson and Hill and Brown for me, and it was not a vintage Devontae Adams season. And I've seen a few. I, I, well, I mean, that's uh, that's definitely bitterness talking. Adams is great, <laughs> but he's not. It, it, I just, I, I think it comes down to Brown versus Adams. And that catch against the Niners when we played in Vegas, sensational. AJ Brown didn't have any big razzle dazzle like that. He's just a big unit. It's basically Derek Henry on the wing, hang right? On, it's just. Hang on. He's painted Derrick Henry on the wing. Have you have you watched it? Even if he was Derrick Henry on the wing, imagine Derrick Henry's power as a wide receiver. That's tremendous. Absolutely, <laughs> he's so powerful. I mean, DK Metcalf can flex all he wants. I would, I would, I would choose a fight with DK Metcalf before I chose a fight with AJ Brown. I, I don't understand what that's relevant to. I think he's stronger and he's scarier and he's bigger and he doesn't draw double coverage. And Devontae Adams did, and Devontae Adams did more. The, the funny thing is that um, A.G. Brown doesn't make amazing catches when he like had a shoestring catch for a first down against the 49ers last week. He did. That was a great catch. It was very, oh, it was a great. It wasn't razzle-dazzle like Devontae Adams. <laughs> no way. Devontae Adams' show reel for the last season would be a better three-minute watch than A.G. Brown's. Jamie's just sitting here listening to this pitch. I, I'm literally, I just... I just Jamie's thinking about twicking them on Saturday. <laughs> I just searched on Twitter for um, AJ Brown catch and you're out of your mind. If you don't think he had 
great catches this season. He, I never he said he didn't have catches. great I didn't say he didn't have great catches. What I said was compared to Devontae Adams, they were not as good. I think mm. Adams Adams catches were better. I just without you know, when he sat down over dinner, wrote some names down, Adams wasn't there because I don't remember much of it because it never counted for much. You know, he racked up all these catches, he racked up more touchdowns than anyone else, but what for? For for his place in the smash team of the year, that's what for. That's, that's, <laughs> it's so harsh. Because Cameron yeah, it's so harsh. It's just so harsh. Lovely, <laughs> lovely catch. Lovely catch. That's so much better than other better wideouts than him. Mm. Congratulations for all your efforts this season, Devontae. Uh, yeah, Devontae, but what was it really for? It's just <laughs> fucking tremendous. <laughs> Fine. It sounds like our wide receivers in our team of the year are Tyreek Hill, Justin Jefferson, and A.J. Brown. On uh, to... It's interesting to see what the viewers think, or listeners think about that one. On I, tell to... you, I tell you, the Raiders fans listeners are going to have something to say about the last Again, part. what in particular? I, 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 honestly, I don't know why the Raiders fans still <laughs> listen to us. We're sorry. Um, we're very sorry. It's not intentional. Uh, we'll, we'll, have, we'll speak to Jamie at his end of year review and make sure he doesn't do it next year. Um, <laughs> the running back position then. Do we have um, to put so the Raiders running back in here just to placate the Raiders? Well, the, the, I mean... That's who I've got. What was it? What was it? This, what, how can you? this isn't a game. How I've can you? Got them. How can you? What was it for? You can't do that. You cannot on one hand say, what was it for, Devonnie Adams, and then go, Josh Jacobs walking in there with double standards. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, <laughs> that is tremendous. Ah, <laughs> uh, right. He was the leader... Uh, when it comes yeah, to yards, <laughs> he was second when it came to touchdowns. Um, didn't have many 20 plus or 40 plus yard runs, would argue that it's not he very had, good. Eh? He, had the, he had the second most 10 plus yards run, 10 plus yard runs, though, and he was seventh in 15 plus yard runs. Yeah, he forced 17 more t- missed tackles than any other running back on runs. That I mean. What did he force them for? Would be the most important question. But, I'd, yeah, he would he would be my first choice. But I think the other contenders are Nick Chubb and Derek Henry. After after mm-hmm. that, I kind of after that, I think you would group Barkley's probably the next tier. Maybe McCaffrey and the other stuff he does. But, but I think yeah. Did the, uh, does Barkley not come into the mix because of the receiving game? I, I, I like, I like to talk much. about. I'd like to talk about Barkley from the point of view. Again, of there's a bit of a narrative there, so you can hear the storyteller in me trying to sort of think of something that is a bit all you know off the wall here. Barkley was done. People thought he was done. People were questioning whether or not he was going to have a viable career, and he's just come bouncing back. And I love the fact that he's done that, and he was terrific most for most of the year. It wasn't. I mean, there was Barclay, a couple of dips. Barkley had but. 62 less receiving yards than Josh Jacobs, by the way. Oh, did he? Yeah. All right. Well, this shows me why. No, then fine. Yeah, we could tell you that. <laughs> it's literally just when I think of the Raiders this year, I think of Jacobs. I feel, I feel like he just like it feels like he he ran the offense. Obviously, when I look now at the stats, he must have got a massive leader in Adams there. But I just it, it felt like the offense was on Josh Jacobs this year. 
that he carried them. That was just the, the feeling I got from 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 seeing the Raiders. Yeah, I, I don't have any issue with Josh Jacobs being there. No, let's put them. Let's put him in. Very good. Keep the uh, men with pitch force from the door. And just what, how many yards did Jacobs have through the air? Uh, Four hundred. So I think like Austin Eckler is in this conversation. Mm, absolutely. Because of the dual threat. And I think that it's very easy to discount it. Because, Total yards. Yeah. I think that... Elite touchdown it, leader as well. So, I, I, I mean, I think Austin Eckler, and they made it to the postseason. So what was it for? It was for something. And that team it, it that was, goes it was banged for, up all the time. It, it was it was for a 27-point blow blown lead. <laughs> what was it, what was it really for, Austin? Not on him. Um, I, I think that Jacobs had a great season. Right, absolutely tremendous. But I am just not picking. I'm not seeing this. The again, I'm not seeing the razzle dazzle. I'm not seeing the phenomenal play. Hard running, gritty, very Raiders, but not a player that I was like, oh, did you see that, Josh Jacobs? Nobody said that at any point. Oh, that Josh Jacobs tags out. No, they didn't make the highlight reels because there weren't anything. Who made the highlight reels? Derek Henry makes the highlight reels. I, Christian I, McCaffrey I, makes the highlight reels. Did you, not watch, makes... did you not watch Red, uh, Red Zone this year? I did. I, how have you not seen Josh well, Jacobs then? No, he makes the highlight reels because they show every single touchdown. That's not no, exactly no, a great that touch year. Like, you are talking a tremendous amount of nonsense here. He had a 229-yard game against Seattle. <laughs> he had 144 yards against the Chargers. He had two stretches with 100-yard games in three consecutive games. There was a point in the season where he had 140 yards in three straight games and scored six touchdowns in that span. And you didn't see anything that was that exciting for him. What? What was... Just not... He just managed to punch it in. Devontae Adams did all the yards and he just punched it in. No, it's not true. Devontae Adams did all the yards because he had 1,600. And he had 14 (laughs) touchdowns. Um, It's it's actually amazing that the Raiders managed to have all those touchdowns and yards for Devontae Adams and all those yards for uh, Josh Jacobs and still be crap enough to lose and not make the playoffs. It shows how bizarre their season was. For me, it's Eckler. It's Eckler, then it's McCaffrey, then it's Jacobs. For me, if perhaps. we're talking about a running back, if you three are, are going running, a run, no, a running back. If we're doing in the context of a running back in terms of as a dual threat and an all round player, then absolutely Eckler is a viable option. I mean, then you discount Derek Henry every year because he doesn't catch the ball half the time. And, uh, no, because Derek Henry's output as a pure running back is phenomenal, he's a game changer. So, what are we well, saying Henry, here? Are we saying Henry as a pure running back, yards as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Derek yeah. Henry by Derek Henry standards had a bad year. He did, he did. He was banged up, and that team he was still kinda, number two in rushing. They took Tannehill out at points, and they just were yeah. Teams figured out how to stop Derek Henry a couple of times, and that was the end of Derek Henry, right? Um, Eckler, Eckler had uh, Eckler, Eckler. Eckler. Did you yeah. say did you say a name wrong? Eckler, Gordon McGinnis. Eckler, <laughs> Eckler. Eckler. Yes, Eckler. Eckler, not Eckler. Eckler. Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler. Okay, I, I don't, I, I don't know if that's correct. Is there an extra syllable in there? Eckler. Oh, Eckler. Or, but it's Eckler. like a very short syllable. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to get a huge social team to clip that bit up. <laughs> he had, uh... Just, just so you know, listeners, this is what we get on our WhatsApp group, <laughs> roughly two or three times a week. Arguments about Fillables. pronunciations or 
you're talking tosh. No, you're talking tosh. And then I usually chip in with, please get a room. <laughs> anyway, continue. I want Eckler oh, oh. in the team. Gordon's looking at stats here. <laughs> no, what's well, the pronunciation of Eckler? <laughs> and I, I actually think, I actually think I might be wrong. I, I've, I've looked up some stuff there, and I mean, I would say that the difference between Eckler with a very, very short e in the middle is very different from the mispronunciations that you've had. But fair enough. Anyway, mistakes are mistakes. When it on, comes to stats, a fumble's a fumble. On stats, Eckler. No extra syllable in the middle. Had 709 receiving yards. You add up his receiving and his rushing yards. He's nowhere close to Jacobs last year. So, no. But it was relevant yards, as we've discussed already. I I, I honestly don't find relevant things actually important. I, I feel we've given them enough of a hard time. Let's put... Let's put um, Josh Jacobs into the team. And we'll go with that. Okay, now, we are going to pick an MVP after this. It can be the same person that is MVP as is our quarterback. It should, it should be the same, and I'm but, sure we're going to get some disagreements because people are going to be wrong, but let's see <laughs> We are going to talk about, about the banter, let's be honest. Who is uh, our quarterback of the year? Now, remember at the top, we did say it's not just about stat leaders, it's about who we've enjoyed seeing play. Josh Jacobs is still boring. Um, it's about enjoying watching the player in question as much as it is anything. So who is our quarterback of the year? No one's biting on this. I'll bite. <laughs> I'll bite. Um, given that he managed to get to the, the Super Bowl on a gammy leg, let's give it to Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> And he also is probably going to be MVP. And he also has had to make do without his biggest threat um, this year. So he's turned to his other big threat and turned him into um, probably the most productive tight end in, in the history of the NFL. And he's operated a completely different offense. And Kansas City are back in the Super Bowl. So I think you give it to Mahomes. He's done it with the least amount of talent to throw to since he came into the league. I mean, he's thrown to... Valdez, Scantling, and Smith Schuster, and he's still got Travis Kelsey. Yeah, he's been there. Yeah, the whole but time. Travis Kelsey is looking, looking, looking across his his pro five thousand two hundred yards. He's got the worst offense he's he's yeah. had to work five hundred yards more than anybody else. So a lot of checkdowns, to be fair, but yeah, it's Mahomes. Like it's not the way he moves in the pocket and all the extra throws he gets and stuff like that. I. I I, I, maybe it's going to when it goes to the listeners. There's going to be some other options that I think people might go for. That mm. I'm going honorable, to... honorable mentions for a few. Honorable mentions for Joe Burrow. Honorable mentions are pish, though. Honorable, <laughs> listen. You're only saying that because you don't have a quarterback. Listen, Charles, honorable, Charles, honorable mentions honor... for Joe Burrow. I, I we... can say that now because my quarterback's done as well. Honorable mentions for Joe Burrow, Geno Smith, and Jared Goff. Or, go. Honorable mentions at wide receiver, and it's like a 25 player list. <laughs> no honorable mentions. Patrick Holmes was the best quarterback in the NFL this year. Josh, Trevor Lawrence deserves a mention. No, he doesn't deserve a mention. <laughs> Not for best quarterback. He threw four less interceptions than Patrick Mahomes did. 
Yes, he, he, also, had... he also threw 16 less touchdowns, but so there we go. <laughs> His completion percentage was 0.8% lower. Quarterback rating, 105.2 for Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Nearest, the nearest after that. It's... Well, Tua was 105.5, which I find amazing. Um, but Tua fell off a cliff at various points during the year, so I've still not worked out how he got that rating. But it's um, it's a it's a non it's a non contest, isn't it? It is yeah. Mahomes, right? It's Mahomes because he is once again just uh, uh, exceptional. Um, I I genuinely think you know we've just we talked about Brady retiring, and Brady is clearly the greatest of all time. By the time his career's done. I think there'll be a whole, this will be the LeBron versus Michael Jordan conversation will be Mahomes versus Tom Brady. Uh, and there'll be people arguing it's a different era, a different time. What Brady did when he did it was different to what Mahomes is doing when he's doing it. And it'll be hard. It'll be slightly different because there is a crossover. They went head to head in the Super Bowl and Brady won. Um, but uh, it's, he's an exceptional talent that is, there's other great quarterbacks that are brilliant to watch. Justin Herbert, I'm really excited to see. I'm actually fascinated to see what Kellen Moore does with him. Um, I think that Joe Burrow is clearly a great quarterback. They really need to fix his offensive line. Josh Allen has got loads of upside, but just a bit of a rough edge. Trevor Lawrence and Jalen Hurts are showing promise and growth. I mean, Jalen Hurts, what a season he's had. Um, there is a lot of exciting quarterbacks uh, in the NFL at the moment. Um, Jared Goff. I... I <laughs> Jared Goff's season was Jesus. tremendous. But if we're going this far down the list, I'm going to have a serious thing about how Tyler Huntley's Pro Bowl nomination deserves a mention as part. Jared Goff was the sixth highest pass yards. He had 29 touchdowns, only seven interceptions, and a 99.3 rating it, for the Detroit Lions. He had the sixth highest passing yards because their defense was so bad that they just had to throw. Every game until they got the one yard line where they had. Well, that's not his fault. He still had to do what he has to do. This, we need to do a separate show, and it's not the awards. It's the rubbish feel good story stories. And we can put Christian Kirk at wide receiver, and we can put Jared Goff at quarterback. Fine um, vibes. The vibe team you, of the year. You know, the vibe to, team of the year. Let's give it that. My, I, I know you're very well by now, by Gordon, but you're a right bloody killjoy. <laughs> Dear me. You clearly uh, don't see the wider narrative sometimes. Yeah. Oh, the narrative. I tell you what though, Lions fans love love Jared Goff after this season. So they they would be in complete agreement with you. I did a I wrote an article that was like ways that the Ravens could trade Lamar Jackson and one of them was to the Lions. And the abuse I took from Lions fans who wanted no part of Lamar Jackson because of how good Jared Goff is. And I was like, <laughs> I didn't see this coming. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Um, okay, <laughs> MVP of the season. Is there anyone other than Mahomes that gets this? It's difficult, though, to, to give it to anyone else. I think that there's a wider question of should the MVP always be a quarterback? And yeah. But if it wasn't, on who a, would on, the conversation well, be? The last MVP who wasn't a quarterback was Adrian Peterson, correct? I think that's correct. Yes. Yeah. He was over 2,000 yards. And there's an argument that maybe one or two other running backs slash wide receivers could have could have been MVP. I think it's, you know, bar a couple of games. I mean, Jefferson was on pace to break the receiving record at one point, And he single-handedly was at times the reason that Minnesota were winning games. 
if so, he'd broken it and Mahomes <laughs> was wasn't such so far ahead, I think I would totally agree with you. It was all totally going great guns until he came up against Jair Alexander. Not that that <laughs> made any difference. Um, it's Mahomes, yeah. I think ultimately, because I think do you know what? If Tyree Hill had still been there and he'd had a five thousand yard season, I would have said, you know, you get he has it quite easy. They had to completely adapt that offense this year and change it. I mean, Andy Reid should probably be coach of the year, in my view. Although they'll probably give it to Nick Sirianni or something like that. But Andy Reid, for the fact that they lost a guy who they couldn't afford to keep, and yet they've gone 14-3 and and gone to the Super Bowl. Well, we're going to save that for our Super Bowl preview show. We will talk about Coach of the Year. We'll talk Hmm. about Comeback Player of the Year. We'll talk about uh, Rookie of the Year because I feel like this is focused on Team of the Year tonight. And one of the things that we... Sorry, everyone who's listening next week. Apologies. Focused on Team of the Year and feel-good stories from the 20th best player at their possession. (laughs) Anyway, what we're going to do now is we are going to turn our attention to the listener votes and we're going to see how much their team matches our own. So at quarterback, we have, and I will read these out in reverse order of the players who got a nomination. Sorry, sorry. Can we rewind a little bit? I got mocked from a pronunciation of Eckler. Can you... The, the pronunciation of the player who throws the ball. Quarterback. Okay, no, you are adding the R in there. I thought you were messing the R out before back. Oh, it's just that that's a, it's because of where I come from. Midlothian, there's a tendency to drop the R. Uh, quarter, quarterback, quarterback. It's just a non-ruled R. Quarterback. Quarter. R. Um, You're a pirate or something. It's a, it's a Pennycook <laughs> thing, and I'm not from Pennycook, but it's always like, there's an R in that, and it's very much a thing. Um, anyway. Anyone who um, listens to Pennycook listening to this, please send in your... Uh, abuse. <laughs> abuse to Cameron at the following address. So, in reverse order, starting from the bottom, and I'll tell you, there was 42 people who voted, so this is going to add up to 42. With one vote, this feels like the Eurovision, uh, <laughs> Daniel Jones... Jamie, come on. (laughs) How would you do that? With two votes, Geno Smith and Josh Allen. With 12 votes, Jalen Hurts. And with 25 votes, Patrick Mahomes. So (laughs) the fact that Daniel Jones got a vote and Joe Burrow did it's brilliant. But there we go. That's that's amazing. That's uh that's the this is like uh Russell Wilson has never had an MVP MVP vote. Joe Burrow getting no votes for we've even got Bengals fan let my he's probably still sulking from last yeah. time. Scott he's not he's not entered this. Um okay, let's go to our offensive line. Um I should have done quarterback last, but never mind. This is the way my spreadsheet's set up. So with one vote for offensive line, we have a number of teams. Oh god. The 49ers. The Bears. What? <laughs> the Bills. The Chiefs. The Bengals. <laughs> the Lions. The Falcons. And the Giants. All received one vote for offensive line of the year. The the, Beng- the Bengals and the Giants is definitely feel, feel good feel good story nonsense. It's definitely didn't make me feel very good. The, the Bengals offensive line is literally the reason why they're not playing in the Super Bowl this year. I don't think I'd call them the best offensive line in the NFL. With thirty four votes, 
the Eagles. Hey, there we go. Was the listener. So we've got team. two out of two so far, right? Okay. Yep. So now we've got a little bit of a mix up here because when it comes to wide receivers, uh, okay, fine. There are three players with one vote each. They are Stefan Diggs, Jamar Chase, and AJ Brown. With three votes, Tyreek Hill. And with 36 votes, Justin Jefferson. So technically, like, AJ Brown got the same as Jamar Chase and Stephon Diggs. How many votes did uh, Devontae Adams get, Cameron? None. Which I'm flabbergasted. I genuinely flabbergasted that. Genuinely surprised that. It was for nothing. It was for... (laughs) Um, So so actually, we can say that we got all three... I'm going to say that it was all three. I'm going to say it was all three, right? Yeah, we are on a street. Some people would almost think we know what we're talking about. Anyway, let's keep going. I guarantee you no one thinks we know what we're talking about. No, no, no. (laughs) We'll we'll come to that. Tight end with one vote, Taysom Hill. With one vote. (laughs) With one vote, Dawson Knox. With two votes, George Kittle. With 38 votes, it's Travis Kelsey. So, I, I'm a little bit sad that we're just so, like, on point is the only thing. Right. Running backs. Bit more of a mixed conversation. The leader does not have the same level of dominance, uh, which I think is really interesting. So, with one vote, James Cook. I think it's a homer. <laughs> That's I, So, the same person that voted Josh Allen... And the Bills' offensive line, and Dawson and, Knox, and, and Dawson Stephon Knox. Diggs. Stephon Diggs, though, like he he was probably like fifth on the list yeah. of guys. So, like I can live <laughs> yeah. with that. That's uh, uh, definitely James Cook. He's a I am best running back. I am not naming names with two votes. Jamal Williams <laughs> and Nick Chubb. <laughs> Jamal Williams getting the same amount of votes as Nick Chubb is. <laughs> Is is fun. It's fun. <clears throat> With three votes. Oh, <laughs> I need to close down my uh, email thing. Right, two seconds. Do, 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 do. Let me do that. Technical difficulties. With technical difficulties. <laughs> Just so we don't get any more pings. Right. With three votes. Najee Harris. Johnny Pardon? Bailey's been on the gas. <laughs> uh, I will name names on that one. Johnny Bailey is one of the people to vote for. Johnny. Johnny. <laughs> Johnny. Don't quit the bet, Johnny. <laughs> With five votes, Austin Eckler. With six votes, and in third place, Christian McCaffrey. With ten votes, and in second place, Barkley. And then with 13 votes, just three more than Barkley, Josh Jacobs. So we have absolutely matched. And I, I knew the outcome, but tried to... Yeah. You've matched the listeners player for player, position for position. Well, proves that we watched Red Zone more than you, Cameron. The only thing <laughs> left to do is discuss MVP. Can we do a clean sweep? I'm going to tell you this. There are two votes between the winner of the MVP and second place in the MVP vote. With one vote, we have the Philadelphia Eagles 
Not sure that's an <laughs> allowed, but we'll, it was voted for. So we'll do they think? It. Do they think it's an actual eagle? <laughs> <laughs> With one vote, Sauce Gardner. What? For MVP, all right, okay. <laughs> to be fair, like Sauce Gardner is tremendous. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. you should probably get a defensive player of the year conversation. But yeah, but uh, do you know what? Actually, for that reason, I don't think that's as ridiculous as the single Philadelphia <laughs> Eagle. It's fine, I've got <laughs> Just, yeah. Um, with one vote, Josh Allen. And with one vote, Justin Jefferson. I said to what you were saying, Charles, there's one other person. I can send you their email address if you want. You could start a little face group, group the two of you. With two votes, Joe Burrow. Hang on. Joe Burrow got votes for MVP and didn't get picked for quarterback. Yeah. I, I so <laughs> I actually thought so I I, I thought there, there was there was like there was two guys who I thought could be the person in contention with Mahomes. <clears throat> and I thought it's Burrow or the guy who I'm now pretty confident it'll be, but I won't spoil that. But the reason why I thought he might get more love for MVP is just because the swagger thing that everyone's obsessed with with Joe Burrow like oh he's turned I, I'm i mocking someone saying he's turned the city around when I literally said that exact sentence on Sunday I, but. I do love Joe Burrow I love Joe Burrow's everything about him I think he's he is the whole Joe Cool thing big fan I think he's great I give oh, it a couple sorry, of years I'll we, hate him we, we save we save Joe Cool for quarterbacks that win the Super Bowl <laughs> fair enough wow <laughs> um, so second place got 17 and the winner got 19. Really was that close. In second place in the MVP conversation, down to the Shramash podcast listeners, with 17 votes, Jalen Holmes. Nope. <laughs> Patrick Hartz. Nope. In second place, is Jalen Hartz. The winner with 19 votes is Patrick Mahomes, who is the Shramash listener MVP for the 2022 season. That that bet definitely went better in your head than it did out loud. It did. It did. <laughs> I was just kind of stumbled over it a bit. Do you know what? That would have been perfect if it weren't for the fact that you mispronounce names and people <laughs> every week. So I thought, he's done it again. I've done it again. No, he was doing it deliberately. Just entirely on brand. So the one other thing, and did just to check this, did any of you guys actually look at the voting form that I put out? No, sorry. I did I mean, not, I had a no. busy week. I just trusted our listeners to do the right thing. Well, let's hope that they've done the right thing because what we've also done is we've asked them two additional optional questions that not everybody chose to answer. The first one being, who is your favourite podcast member? And the second one being is, who had the worst takes in 2022? So <laughs> the results are in. Uh, the good news is, and let's start with our favourite. Every single person got a vote which I think is great. I'm not going to give scores because it's just not that type of show. I don't want to name and shame. I don't want anyone feeling bad about this. But there was a clear standout in favourite podcast person. And I actually doesn't surprise me because the amount of people that have been in touch with me and said, I love it when this person is on the podcast. So congratulations. The Shramash member of the year for 2022 is Ian Stephen. 
Excellent. Yes. Yep, I, standing. I, I honestly thought it was going to be Charles when you said that. And I was like, no, oh my it's God. <laughs> you are so pleased it wasn't me. Um, the leave button. So, <laughs> um, even, even, Jim Ballard got a vote. So, delighted for Jim in there as well. Jim's only been on two podcasts this year. But um, his content's great. We will have Jim back for the Super Bowl preview. Now, worst takes of the year. Oh, I think I'm um, winning this. I'm going to give I'm going to give scores for this one because I feel it's relevant and it's more fun, right? Okay, so this 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 lets us set the scene. I will tell you right now, there is a difference of one between the worst and clearly the second worst takes on the podcast. Charles, but, by the way, this is probably me and you. Just to warn you, going to, I'm going to say that um, every single one of us got a vote here. So with one vote. Two people, Jamie Borthwick and Gordon McGuinness. Oh, tremendous. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> with two votes, Ian Stephen. This is, this is not looking good. <laughs> with five votes, Paul Mitchell. Now, there's a nine and there's a ten here. <laughs> uh, so, in second place, with the second worst takes in the 2022 Stramash podcast, with nine, is Charles Patterson. <laughs> Meaning... <laughs> Damn it! Damn it! Meaning that uh, I, I can only assume I can only assume it's my negativity towards my own team, um, because other than that, I am on point. The Stephen, <laughs> uh, yeah, the Skip Bayless of the Smash <laughs> Podcast title goes to myself. Thanks, folks. I appreciate the love. Was there an extra sort of line in there about, can you give the reason why this person talks? God? No, I didn't, I didn't want that feedback. I don't know that I could take it. I'll be perfectly honest. <laughs> <laughs> On the back of that Niners defeat, I'm not, I don't want the feedback. <laughs> was, was the person who picked me, or was that, did I get two votes or one vote? You got one. Was it Johnny Bailey? It wasn't. Good. I'm it glad. Wasn't. I, I feel like I feel like we've got a great uh, romance friendship. It's a bromance bromance over, going, over, yeah. This, yeah. So, over this podcast. I will tell you, Gordon, because I think he wouldn't have any issues with it whatsoever. That of your votes for favorite, Johnny Bailey was one of them. So there, there we you go. go. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> um, right. Uh, brilliant for Ian. Absolutely delighted. We're not going to name names, but Ian, clearly the standout favourite for uh, the podcast this year. Um, absolutely brilliant. Okay. And, and do you know what? I think the most amount of credit needs to go to the 14 people that opted out of that question because they just decided <laughs> they, they didn't want the noise. They didn't want the noise. So there you go. Okay. Um, on to picking some winners then because we need to pick some bottles of whiskey. For three people who have taken the effort to complete the form for us, we really appreciate your feedback all the time. And honestly, I, I think this year, some of the nominations we had were up there as some of the best. Um, I think absolute brilliant was Jason Hoffman's uh, Two Sides of Josh Allen when he gave him both the belter and the bowfin. 
Um, and for the two sides of Josh Allen that was on that game, there was so many. There was some really lengthy, long answers that I thought were brilliant. Reese Nunes, I remember giving one that I thought was tremendous. It was an essay. Or two, it was an essay. There yeah. was an essay. So honestly, folks, it's 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 absolutely brilliant. People turning up to the pub to come and join us for our live events. People engaging with this stuff on social media. We love it. This gives us content and something to talk about. Keep it coming. Uh, but I need three numbers. So you're each going to pick a number each between one and 42. Let's start, first of all, with Jamie Borthwick. 28. Number 28 is Graham Athey. Oh, tell you what, he's had a good week. He has had a good week. That is the pick king of the Smash podcast. Congratulations, Graham. You're getting a nice bottle of Stramash whiskey, courtesy of Loch Lomond and two tumblers. Charles Patterson, a number between 1 and 42 that isn't 28. Uh, the number of days it will be before Brady unretires, number 33. Number 33. Andy Harrow. Congratulations, Andy. You win a bottle of... Shabash, Loch Lomond whiskey and two tumblers. And then the final number from your good self, Mr. McGuinness. Let's go single digits and... Not pick. 28 or 33, so that's good. Thank you for clarifying that 28 yep. are not single digit <laughs> numbers. Thanks for that. Let's go with the uh, number of the quarterback who's hopefully still in Baltimore next year, number eight. Number eight... Ian Brown, congratulations, Ian. You also win a bottle of Loch Lomond whiskey. Um, okay, one last thing to do. And listen, thank you again to Loch Lomond before we do our final thing for all of their support this season. You know, people benefited at the raffle that we did at the, the golf. Um, Have you heard from I, Tony yet? Has he survived I, Philadelphia? I, I think he's, I, I don't know. I think he's trying to probably make his way to the desert at the moment. Um, he'll be in touch with all of us. Hope, trying he's, to hope he's not walking. Oh, we'll never see him again. <laughs> um, he better not get too close, close to that Mexico border because we might never see him again. But um, And I hope you're wearing a hat, Tony. That's a hot sun down there. Wear a hat, son. Wear a hat. Right. Um, what was I going to talk about there? Yes, we have been approached by a company in Glasgow. Uh, very exciting uh, to be potentially working with this company, uh, just newly opened Top Golf. If you've not heard of Top Golf, well, you need to get on Google right now because Top Golf is tremendous. Um, uh, quick poll here: Who's been to a Top Golf? Not Anyone? yet. It's on the. Pl- it's on the. It's on the shopping I'm list. Dev- yeah, I'm definitely going to go. I've not yet. Yeah, I drove past it on the way into Glasgow the other day, and it was brilliant. It's honestly Top Golf is brilliant. The first time I went was in Vegas, um, and there has been other Top Golfs in London. They are the sort of original. Um, the Glasgow Top Golf is more like the American Top Golf than the ones in London are. The Glasgow one is three stories. I think there's seventy something booths here. The way it works, if you don't know, it's kind of like. A driving range, but with darts and snooker or whatever. Because what happens is you've got massive targets in the middle of the driving range. Um, All the balls have chips in them and the ball is tracked and you score points based on where your ball finishes. It's brilliant. It's kind of like bowling because it does the scores. 
it, honest, what a great night out it is. If you haven't seen it, Google it. The great people at Top Golf are having a Super Bowl party because they are part of the Top Golf American group and doing it the American way. They're embracing the American sport. They've been in touch with us to say that they are willing to offer us and you, our listeners, and on social media, the opportunity for a booth for up to six people for the Super Bowl. That is from 11.15 p.m. right through till the end of the Super Bowl. You get the booth. This is worth 250 quid, right, for six people. This is a massive price. You will get food included. Their signature nachos and wings for the group. The bar is open till three o'clock in the morning and the place will stay open until the game is done and dusted. They will also chuck in a few drinkies for you too, just as a wee thank you from us at the Stramash podcast team. So keep an eye on social media this weekend because we're going to be plugging this big time. We are hopefully going to maybe be doing more with Top Golf as we look for more opportunities to do things in Glasgow. So get yourself along. If you haven't already done it, book anyway and get yourself to this. It's going to be a brilliant place to watch the Super Bowl. As you're playing golf, there are screens at every single booth. This isn't like a driving range. This well, It is, but it's like a driving range plus all the added extras. You can stand and be swinging and playing golf whilst watching the Super Bowl in a place absolutely packed out with free food, with a drink in your hand. What an experience. Genuinely, what a great way to watch the Super Bowl. Might not, you, you might not hit the ball straight, but you get to watch I, the Super I gonna, Bowl. I was going to say, watch <laughs> Patrick Mahomes throw a t- throws a touchdown right at the point that you put a uh, golf ball through a police car's window in the M8. <laughs> <laughs> Many yeah. points do you get for that? <laughs> Many. Many. Um... So you get nine 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 points for that. Hey, hey. God, so dear. listen, we will be sharing this on social media over the weekend. All we're going to need you to do is follow us, follow them, do a bit of a retweet. Two hundred fifty pounds. This is worth genuinely. What a great way to watch the Super Bowl. Place is going to be jumping. Uh, do Google it anyway. Go along and check it out. We're going to. I think we're going to get the podcast team down there at some point in the post season to have a bit of an end of season night out. Um, should be a lot of fun. So great to be working with Top Golf. Very excited about that. Check them out. Tell them that we sent you. It's going to help us grow. It's going to help us grow. They will be showing the NFL every single week next season as well. We might just have to think about doing a week two or a week three event there. Just hold that thought for now. Okay. Before we wrap up it, then any other talking points, anything else we want to discuss? No, clearly. Right, we're done and dusted. It's late. It's late. I'm really happy that we've had the, the speckiest podcast yet, I think, today. <laughs> yeah. Rock, rocking the uh, late season. Uh, we're, our, our eyes are tired from staying up we've too also late got, on Sunday nights. And so we've all got our glasses on. We've also got the multiple stages of Frank in episode three of The Last of Us Beard, starting with Charles when he turned up all clean shaven, progressing to Jamie Stubble, Gordon's fashionable, and then my scruffy old man number. If you haven't watched Last of Us episode three, what a beautiful bit oh, of television it is. Absolutely the game's The game's phenomenal as well. Like The yes. game was like playing a film or playing a TV yep. series and the, the TV series is doing it tremendous justice. So Three far. episodes in and it's it's tremendous watching. Anyway, we are creeping into a different style of podcast. <laughs> Plenty of time for that in the off-season. 
This is the full-time whistle for episode 222 of Stramash. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Please continue to share your thoughts on this and every single episode. Please check out Loch Lomond. Remember, you can go and buy a bottle of Stramash whiskey in two tumblers. Perfect for the Super Bowl. Check out the Loch Lomond, uh, the Loch Lomond website. We'll share the link as well. They are very limited edition and there isn't a huge amount left. So if you want to buy one, go buy one now. And if you do it now, you'll have it in time for the Super Bowl. What a great thing to crack into, especially if you've got your mates around. Pour yourself a dram. It's Shamash. Pour yourself a dram of Shamash. Um, do check out Top Golf if you're in Glasgow or the area. If you're in Edinburgh, listen, I'm in Edinburgh. I can't wait to go through for this. It's brilliant. And we all get fun, to go and stay at Gordon's house afterwards, which is such nice. a fun, <laughs> such a fun night out. Honestly, a fun night out. One of the, I'm so excited that it's here. I've been waiting for this for so long. Um, if you're listening to Top Golf, open one in Edinburgh as well. We'll fill them both. Keep listening. Keep tuning in. Thanks for this. We'll be back next week with our Super Bowl preview. Until then, though, bye for now.